Angie and Janelle podcast, your daily mood booster. Ottawa's Move 100. Good Friday Eve, everybody. Hello, Angie. Hello, Janelle. Morning. Morning. Good morning to all those of you listening to us on the iHeartRadio app, on your smart speaker, and driving in on the old car radio. i got a question for everyone this morning. So yesterday afternoon, I'm driving around beautiful Barhaven. I'm listening to CFRA, listening to Christy Cameron, and she was telling a story with Matt Scooby from CTV that she opened her fridge and a bottle of syrup got all over like the whole the whole fridge Ooh. somehow opened. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, who keeps maple syrup in the fridge? Yeah. So I I tweet this and I said, what the bleep? Like I thought you're supposed to leave maple syrup out on the counter. So I'm asking both of you first, Angie and Janelle, do you leave your maple syrup in the fridge or in the closet? In the closet? <laughs> or in the cupboard? Uh, mine is in the fridge, 100%. 100%. The can is open in the fridge on the top shelf. Yeah. Um, we have like the fake maple syrup, so that's in our fridge. That's the difference. So if you have like an Aunt Jemima type one or, you know, like the... I don't know what they call it now, like Butterworth. <laughs> like those it, can stay on the table. Table, table yeah. syrup. No, table I've got syrup. I've got the authentic syrup, and I, I've never kept it in the fridge, ever in yeah, my life. Yeah, I think uh, we always have kept it. Even like even at home, like we used to have our neighbors would make maple syrup for us. And before we opened it, it would be obviously in the cupboard. But once we opened it, we'd always throw that mason jar in the fridge. Yeah. And a lot of people were tweeting me like, Stu, read the label. And the thing is, I don't read labels. Like It's, it's like instructions. I don't read instructions. So like, what, do you purchase it like in the can? No, I purchase it in, in the little bottle jug. Oh, like the oh like, the it's the authentic. Jug. It's, yeah. I'm not buying the cheap. I'm, I'm when it comes to maple syrup, I spend big money for that, like twenty bucks. Yeah. Um, one quick Google here as we're speaking. Every site says once open, you need to store pure maple syrup in the fridge. But it still tastes fine for for us. <laughs> Like, I also think it's just like a condiment thing. Like, pretty yeah. much every condiment I own goes into the fridge, so I'm yeah. going to put it in there anyway. Yeah. Like, well, it just we, seems weird that you're not doing that. We keep mustard, you know, and ketchup and mayo in the fridge, because to me, that that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think maple syrup goes in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you should probably be every starting to Every site I'm seeing here says it needs okay. to be refrigerated. Right. Yeah. So what you're saying is I'm wrong. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, honey, you're wrong. <laughs> Think of Stu. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome. It's Stuntman Stu's useless fact of the day on Move 100. Welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, gather around the old radio machine for another mind-blowing useless fact about horror movies you guys are a big fan of? Yeah, yeah I like them. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of them. I know, you li- get too scared. Yes. That's okay. <laughs> it was. I was tor- tormented as a child. By who? By a movie. Oh, uh, which one? Uh, it was the one where they were in the fields and uh, Children of the Corn. Oh, yeah, that'll do it when you're young I enough. I saw that. I was ten years, uh, 11 years old when I saw that. Mm. I'm like, no, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> but do you know that horror is the only movie genre in which more women appear than men? Really? Yes. Yeah, I believe it. And they're always the first to go. Yeah. <laughs> always get the the pretty girls, the girls that are running out of the house or running upstairs when they should be running out. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking like mm. the Scream series. Oh, like yeah. that's like like for sure females. Mm. Yeah. Hello, okay. Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you rate that useless fact from one to ten? One being the worst thing you've ever heard. Ten being the most amazing super uh, fact you've ever heard. Uh, Angie? I will give that a, s- a ten. Thank you very much. Uh, no, 7.5. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a 7 this morning. 
Okay. Uh, I thought I'd do better on that, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. If you liked or didn't like that fact, let us know at 10 30 Give yourself a creative little nickname, a little handle, mm-hmm. a little uh, like Turtley Sharon who said, it's the screams, an 8.5. Yes. Girls know how to scream really loud in That's horror true. movies for sure. Piercing. Handsome Dave says he's not a fan of scary movies either, Stu. So you're in good company. Um, Thank you, brother. Uh, he says, very useless and it's a 10. Don't like scary movies, but that's definitely a useless fact. So an 8 out of 10 from Diva Cloud this morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Stuart's number one favorite fan is Neurotic Mama. Gives him a 10. She's not a fan of horror movies either. Mm. Those uh, are missing out. The apple does fall far from the tree. It's, uh, it's the best thing about Halloween season. It's like, it's like, it's like a good, like, I hate it, but I love it. Kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> I watch a horror movie. You know which one really got me when I was growing up, and probably uh, because I did a lot of babysitting. You know that one where they say the calls coming from inside the house. Uh, like, Have you checked the children? Yeah, I forget. I, I think when a stranger calls or something like mm-hmm. that. That one freaked me out forever. <laughs> that forever. <laughs> uh, but I still watch them. Um, yeah. So you're getting a lot of good uh, tortured ten from Bosch Traveler. A lot of good scores. Yeah, another 10 from the crazy cat mama. So, good job. There you go. Save the females. (laughs) Uh, Sleep well tonight. Move mornings with Stuntman Stu, Angie, and Janelle on Move 100. What's trending? Well, today is the day that Canadian rock star Jacob Hogard will be sentenced to prison time. The judge will actually have to hand down how many years he will be behind bars. So this was after he was obviously found guilty back in May of sexually assaulting a young Ottawa woman back in 2016. So... Here's the thing, though, is since he was found guilty, his defense has asked for a sentence of three to four years. The Crown is pushing for six to seven years prison time. But the judge uh, has said that right away the defense is going to file an appeal. So he will be out on bail during the appeal process. So he may not get any time behind bars for several months or years while the appeal decision goes through. So... I don't understand the court system. I know. That seems crazy. That's disgusting. So he just walks freely until it gets bungled up, bungled up into the courts for the oh. next uh, months, they say, if not years. So, uh, And he still is facing another trial on another charge of sexual assault. Um, so that's ongoing as well. So it may not be that he goes to prison today. Uh, so Matthew Perry, oh my gosh, he's doing the whole circuit talking about this new memoir that he's put out. And we knew that he was writing, uh, this book and it's called Friends, Lovers and the Big Terrible Thing. And it really does document and get very candid about his, uh, journey to sobriety, which was a very lengthy one. But he reveals in the pages of this book that he was given a 2% chance to live. Wow. 2% is what his family was told when he was in a coma for two weeks <gasps> after an overdose of Oxycontin. And Jesus. he said that of the five other people on his floor that were put on the same machines that he was that night, four of them died. What? And he was the only one to survive. So he's like, there has to be some kind of reason. But he talks about very specifically, like, his seasons. He goes, you know, the seasons where you see him carrying a lot of weight. You know, Chandler yeah. was bigger. He's like, I was into the alcohol. When I'm skinny, it's the pills. When I have a goatee, it was lots of pills. And he says that the only season that he was completely sober was season nine, and he was nominated that year. And he goes, so what does that tell you? Yeah. Huh. 
But uh, at one point, at the height of Friends popularity, I don't know how he pulled it off and still was able to even do these shows. He was taking 55 Vicodin a day. (gasps) Oh, good Lord. And weighed 128 pounds, he says. What? Yeah. So he's sharing his stories like, you know, I want other people who might be on this, uh, you know, awful battle to maybe get some perspective through me or whatever. But, uh, I mean, he was in rehab, he says, 15 times. In and out of rehab. Unbelievable. And friends and that show and the cast saved his life, he said, in the end. But it was very, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, that's, yeah. It kind of puts a a different perspective watching the reruns now. Like that, you know that in the back of your head? Yeah. I've been looking for it every time I watch the show now. I mean, he didn't look well in a lot of seasons. And there was huge fluctuations in how he appeared. But yeah really bad. I really want to read this book. Again, it's uh, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And that's what's trending. Brought to you by DeFalco for Brewers and Winemakers. Stuff and Stu, Angie and Janelle. I turn them on every morning when I wake up. Ottawa's Move 100. Ooh, spooky season is here. Everything's popping up. Vampires and skeletons and pumpkins. But... Halloween decorations in general have sparked a little bit of a debate, certainly in the last couple of weeks, after this house in Montreal that some of you may have seen took maybe things a little bit too far. Yeah, you think? With some of their decor. So they uh, sparked a debate about how far is too far when they strung up a human-shaped dummy in the tree in front of their home with like a bloodstained pillowcase over its head, duct tape around the ankles and the waist and the torso and like fairy lights all around it. Like it looked like an actual human body hanging from the tree. So much so that people actually called 911. Yes. As they should have. Flooded 911. Yeah. So uh, of, of course, you know, people post photos, they put it up on Facebook, things like horrible, inappropriate, bad taste, etc. were were coming up. So, like, it's begged the question, like, how far is too far when you go all in for Halloween? There are some houses that are just absolutely spectacular. We have a lot of them in this area. Yeah. But... I mean, you know that they're not real. (laughs) You know, there's a fine line between what is cute Halloween decor and what is gore decor. Mm -hmm. We we have a neighbor that's got one of those giant skeletons, like the 12 foot high skeletons. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that's too much. Uh, Those things are also $500. For two weeks, I can think of other things to do with that money. Well, I mean, they bring it out every year for two weeks. And yeah, it's but... for a lot longer than two weeks. Let's face it. People yeah. who, I mean, Halloween is still two weeks away, is it not? So yeah, people, people have... who want to do Halloween have had their decorations up for weeks already now. Mm-hmm. And those those houses have been, will probably be decorated for at least a month minimum. Mm-hmm. So you could argue it's the same as Christmas decorations at that point. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, Christmas to me makes more sense because you have at least two solid or three solid months. But to me, Halloween... <laughs> three months of yes. Christmas? No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, Janelle. I, you put up the Christmas decorations after uh, Remembrance Day and you keep them up all through January. Who does that? I do that. <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> What's that? 
But so what's your problem with Halloween then? Uh, people, are, it's too much already. Like $500 for a 12 foot high skeleton. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? And pe- people are paying this. I wouldn't pay that if I was a million dollars, if I had millions of dollars. So Why what's you- your Halloween decor yeah. consist of? Uh, four pumpkins on a on a, a hay- hayride. Not a hayride, a haystack. <laughs> Not a hayride. And no kids show up to your door. Oh, we have <laughs> we have thousands of kids at, in beautiful Barhaven. I, mm. I give these kids generous amounts, copious amounts of, of candy. But a 12-foot-high skeleton? Really? What's next? A uh, 300-foot-high? Like- I just don't understand why you care how other people are spending their money. Like, it's not... <laughs> you're not spending 500 Sure. I'm not spending $500 on a skeleton either. But, but do why? I, do I like that my neighbor has and they've gone all out with the cobwebs and the ghosts and the witches and, like, lights and, like, maybe even a whole little show? Yeah, I love that. I love it Janelle, too. unless you live in Stitzville where that Stitzville street does it, <laughs> uh, that's the only place... I think is appropriate, or if there's another street in your neighborhood that does that, that's fine. But the average Joe Schmo spending 500 bucks on a skeleton is too much. I say go for it. (laughs) There's a lot of houses that go all out in our city and like do it for charity too, right? Like they they have full-on haunted houses that start at the beginning of their house, go around the perimeter into the backyard, and they go all in. And I'm here for it. I love it. But where the only thing that I think crosses the line is what we were just talking about. When it crosses over to a little too realistic. Like, yeah. our house is like Halloween explosion right now. My kids love it. They throw everything out there. We have caution tape. We have witches and vampires and pumpkins and little rats and, like, we have all it's kinds fun. of stuff. Yeah. But... You know that they're fake. <laughs> like, right. it's very clear that, like, we have a witch and you go by her and she's got a motion sensor and she's like, you've got to change your evil ways. And she <laughs> sings. Like, that's fun, right? But, I mean, it's like when you're hanging something that looks like an actual human from a tree, like, that's too far. Because if we get back to the basics of, like, what is Halloween for? It's for kids. Yeah. It's for these little ones that come and you go, oh, they're so cute when you open the door. You don't want to terrify them to the point where they don't even want to come to your house. Then what is the point? I think there's two age groups of kids, though, too, right? Like there's like the little, little, little kids. But then I can remember going to houses as a kid and there was one in particular and they would always try and do something to spook you when you got there. Mm -hmm. And those are the nights that I remember because I was, you know, probably closer to like, eight, ten years old and could handle a little bit of a scare. And my parents knew that. So they would take me to that house. And they had, like, a person who looked like a dummy holding a bowl of candy. Oh, and then they jump up, It was, like, actually their son in a costume. And, like, that was really fun and memorable for me as a kid. So... I think um, that's horrifying for a four-year-old. Yes, it is. And hopefully as a parent, you drive by your neighborhood and you know where to take your kids and where not to take them, depending on their age. Mm -hmm. I will answer the door. I'll have a little bit of blood on my face and I'll hand the kids like full-size chocolate bars. Right. A bit of blood on my face. Blood on face. <laughs> <laughs> a fake blood. Oh, yeah. oh my god. So ha- I just think it's too much. Are, do you think Halloween sometimes takes a little too far, or are you like very much all in on it? We're just trying to get, you know, I guess a gauge on. <laughs> <laughs> we clearly know where Stu stands. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't waste your money on the skeleton, <laughs> says old man Grumpy Stu. <laughs> uh, give us a call seven five zero one one hundred, or you can text it in at ten zero thirty. Seems as though the verdict is in, Stu. You are a Halloween Grinch. Don't no, not. <laughs> so you were ranting and raving about these 12-foot skeletons. They're too much money. I don't know why people 
go all out on Halloween. And it seems like you are very much in the minority. (laughs) That's fine. I'll hand out uh, my full-size candy bars, but I don't have a 12-foot-high skeleton on my lawn. And, you know, a couple of people have mentioned, well, if you're smart, Stu, they say, like us... Um, you wait until those $500 props go on sale at the end of the year, and that's when you buy them for the following year. No, no yeah. thanks. So we've been asking you this morning, like, do you think Halloween's kind of gone too far, or are you all here for it, you all in? This because Stu was going on a rant. He thinks, like, you know, these 12-foot, $500 skeletons are, like, ridiculous, and <laughs> his kids have asked for them, and he's saying no, and you think Halloween's exploded too much. Totally. And other people disagree with you. We've seen all kinds of photos. People are very proud of their Halloween houses. In fact, some people have been uh, decorated since uh, Labor Day weekend. Wow. <laughs> That's what? Uh, yep. You we know, had a couple people like that said that. It's a creative outlet. Like a lot of people go all out for Christmas. And yeah. uh, many of you have said, you know, Halloween, maybe not my thing. And I go all out for Christmas. So if somebody wants to go all out a couple months before for Halloween and do that big yeah. enough, then I, I'm here for it because. You basically just get to get the enjoyment out of it. And you don't yeah. have to spend the money. You don't have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Wendy says she loves it because she thinks that it's just like a really great creative outlet. And she loves to see the creativity that people, you know, come up with. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Erica, you go all out at your house, don't you? We get those little tombstones from even the dollar store. And then we rake all the leaves to look like, you know, bodies are buried there. <laughs> and then there's always the body parts, you know, reaching out, the little plastic body parts, little hands from the pile of leaves and that kind of thing. And just to top it all off, my son, particularly when he was in high school, would dress up in coveralls and chase the kids off our lawn with a chainsaw. Oh, <laughs> oh man. You really do so go all we in. Take, we are. So we would take the chain off the chainsaw, of course, but he would be around the corner of the house and they could hear the chainsaw starting and they would take off like bats out of hell. And there was always the ones that were brave and, oh, he's fake until he got too close and they go running too. That's okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make up your mind, they, Sue. They, they loved it. They lo- and they still, these years later, are still asking, where's the chainsaw guy? You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. So that, yep. that never went over poorly in any situation? There was a couple of parents who, you know, would try to get their kids to come up because the parents thought it was great. Um, and the kids were like, yeah, no. But there was a couple that were older that he really scared. So we'd take his mask off and do a high five. And they'd realize it was just, you know, kid who lives on the street kind of thing. So it, it, I've never heard about anything, you know, anything traumatizing or anything. But it's definitely <laughs> popular, I'll tell you that. But do you agree that, that the 12-foot-high skeleton is too much? <laughs> See, you mentioned on Facebook that it's, it's too expensive. You use it for two weeks a year. But you use it for several years. Right. So yeah. we have one because our neighbor has one down the street, actually, and people love it. It was on the front page of our local paper, uh, the Carlton Carlton place there. So it's 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 popular. Kids love it. OK. Sorry, Stu. Move mornings with Stuntman Stu, Angie and Janelle on Move 100. What's trending? So your eyes are not deceiving you. Those yellows and oranges and reds that you've been seeing on the trees this fall maybe seem brighter. I've seen a lot of photos that are just stunning Mm -hmm. of uh, like just the full colors of the fall season. And uh, you're not wrong if you think they look even better this year. In fact, environment and change professors have come out to say that the weather has just been super perfect this year for that. So last season, this is how it works, was warm 
warm and dry, and that weather bakes the leaves and burns the color out of them. Oh. But cooler temperatures, but above freezing, in conjunction with high light, like the right temperature at the right time, uh, results in a like a you know more vibrant colored leaf. So oh, um, that explains it. Yeah. yeah. So I've they really are brighter. Noticed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to get decent photos on an iPhone this year. Right. And like you totally. can capture that color. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they do say, which is something that we pretty much already know, that Algonquin Park is the most stunning views of the leaves in that the entire Canadian Shield has to offer. So wow. If you took advantage, really? you did the right thing. Uh, so <laughs> we all heard about like during the pandemic, uh, the rat problem in Ottawa, mm-hmm. this oh, was yeah, like yeah. a big story because they were saying like all the restaurants being closed, like in the downtown area of rats were flooding into the suburbs and people had rat issues. Yeah. Well, safe to say Ottawa is not the worst when it comes to like the rat scale. <laughs> so okay. Orc in Canada, the pest control people, in fact, they've done this in Canada and the U.S. Uh, no surprise, New York City is number one for rats. <laughs> we have all seen Pizza Rat and all his friends in New yeah. York City. But here in Canada, we didn't even make the list of the top ten rattiest cities. Yay! Yay! Oh, Congratulations, there you go. Ottawa! Yeah. Finally, because, <laughs> a list we don't want to be on. Right? <laughs> Earlier this week, we saw that we made the list of the worst party cities. We have no fun here, but apparently we don't have the worst rats either. Give you a a guess. The number one rattiest city in the country. That's got to be Toronto, right? Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Uh, And then that's followed by Vancouver, no surprise. Burnaby. Oh, okay. Kelowna. Oh. Looking at you, BC. And uh, Mississauga, number five. Yeah, not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't even make the top ten, though. So there you go. And uh, I guess what is rampant in, like, New York City and Toronto, where it's really bad, is, like, rat street fights. (laughs) Are you... What? What? They are getting territorial (laughs) and, in fact, even resort to cannibalism sometimes. But, yeah, like rat street fights are a big thing. Let Let them eat each other. You can actually watch them. Like, they go to town on each other. Who needs Halloween de- decorations when right? you live in Toronto? It's like at the real thing. And that's what's trending brought to you by the Donnelly Automotive Group. It's time. Are you ready? Word Wars on Move 100. All right, all right, all right. Before we play this game, I have to say this this morning. I'm going to beat you, Angie, on this game. I'm going to reclaim my throne. Ooh, that's a gutsy call, Mav. It's we'll happening. See. We'll Do see. you know who's made the cut today? We have on the line with us Jasmine and Jennifer. Stu, you and Jennifer are up first. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi there. Let's do this. Yes, let's reclaim the throne (laughs) for me. Uh, Choice of categories, Janelle? Thanks to Lindsay from Barhaven who sent in our categories this morning. No, don't give me that. Yesterday you said, I wish I had Lindsay categories. So I gave you Lindsay categories. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) All right. So we have What's That Smell? Or what's that sound? Oh, Ooh, good job, Lindsay. Okay, let's go with smell. All right, what's that smell? In three, two, one. It smells delicious. It's not chocolate. It's it's what? Vanilla. The, yes, and you put this on your your you spray the around your neck. Around your neck. You spray this on your neck. Perfume. Yes, and it's uh it's a rodent. It's uh it's black and white. It stinks. Rat skunk. Yes, and it's not tea, it's... Coffee. Yes, and another word for poop is... 
the proper word for poop. <laughs> what did you say? I don't know what she said. I think she said cow manure. No. Did you? No, bowel movement. Oh, bowel oh no, movement. no. Wow, I got that wrong. <laughs> the word was manure that we were looking manure. for. Let the so. record show that Jennifer was slow. <laughs> All right, so hang on the line, Jennifer. We'll see. You guys ended up with four. We'll see how that holds up. That's good. All right, hang on the line. To Jasmine we go. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we have to beat four if we're going to steal this win for sure, okay? Okay, let's mm-hmm. give it a try. All right. Your category is what's that sound? Sounds. Okay. That's it, sound. <laughs> Here we go. They set these off in the sky on Canada Day. Fireworks. Yeah. Ah! What am I doing? Screaming. Yeah. Uh, what goes woo, woo, like on a the top? Siren? Yes, uh, good. Yeah, uh, and you, you take this if you want to fly somewhere. Airplane. Yeah. Uh, this goes choo-choo down the tracks. Uh, train. Yeah. Uh, what and lightning? Thunder. Yes. Uh, woo, woo, what am I doing? Uh, cheering? No. <laughs> Trying. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Nicely done, Jasmine. Wow. Perfect score. Great. So we have some tickets to uh, get you out to see Jan Arden, and this show is coming up next month, November the 5th. It's Jan Arden at the National Arts Center Gala. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Thank you. Turn them on every morning when I wake up. Ottawa's Move 100. We know you woke up with an alarm this morning. We all do. But the question is, did you hit snooze? No. No. Somebody once told me that if you hit snooze, you're actually doing more harm to your body. And I, I fully believe that because years before, when I used to get up at 3.30, I would snooze my alarm six times. Oh. And then somebody said, no, just set it once. So I set it for 4.30 and I'd get right out of bed. I hate it. But that's what I do. So you set it once for the latest time you can give yes. yourself possible. So you stay 100%. in your deep sleep for longer instead yeah. of fragmented sleep for longer. And I, I live by this rule. Do you snooze? Always. Yeah, every day. I hit snooze. Really? Yeah, I have two alar- two to three alarms that go off every morning, like staggered times because I'm paranoid I'm going to miss it and not wake up. It's happened before. So I have, yeah, two to three alarms and I hit snooze on each of them at minimum once. There's probably about six alarms that go off. Oh, my gosh. Does Adam not want to kill you? My husband would murder me if a six alarms went off at, like, four in the morning. And they're all happening within, like, increments of, like, three to five minutes of each other. Oh, my God. That's just torture to me. Yeah. It, it's not great. It's a bit of a bad habit, I believe, I've gotten into. Um, but he doesn't even notice, honestly. He is still, really? like, sound asleep. It is very rare that he will wake up and be like, can you just get up already? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, uh, so I don't ever set uh, a snooze or a second alarm or anything. I just, my alarm goes off, I roll out of bed, I get up, I go. And on the weekend, though, are the mornings where I'm in the bed longer with mm-hmm. my husband. And he sets an alarm on the weekend. What is wrong with him? Right? Why? That's what I say to him. And, and he sets it for like 7.30. And this is my only time to sleep in. But he he has things that, like, calls and stuff that he still has to do on the weekend. But um, his rationale is that it wakes him up slowly. 
So, like, that alarm will go off three times before he gets out of bed because he says it wakes him up slowly instead of, like, all at once. So he lies there, thinks about what he's going to do for the day, kind of, like, gets his brain going, all still well, kind of relaxing. And then that alarm just keeps going off. And I'm like, kill it! Like that I would drive me it nuts. Drives, yeah. but that's what you're doing to Adam every morning. <laughs> but he does times. But at least he doesn't know. Yeah. If, it, if it was something that was bugging him, I I would definitely change my routine. Yeah, I would. But like, like that's insane. Yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, it's not every day, but <laughs> like on certain days when he has certain calls that are coming up, mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh, that alarm. I'm going to kill you. But, like, I can't do the whole snooze thing. And I think it's worse for you. I don't know what the experts are saying. I think it's worse for you. Like, I'm a jumpy person. Mm-hmm. And when the alarm goes off, like, I have, like, stress response. <laughs> so, like, when it keeps going off, like, that can't be good for your heart rate to accelerate that many times and, like, jerk you that many times. You know? I read I read something about uh, snoozing. What it does is it uh, forces your body to go back to sleep and you get sh- a short change on your sleep. That's why I don't snooze. I'm going to tell you that you're both wrong because Mm. the experts have come out with new guidelines around the snooze button because for years we have been told like that it's not good for you you Mm -hmm. shouldn't do it um they're saying that you know it's not that big of a deal and by the way you guys are in the minority 60 percent of people hit the snooze button regularly on their alarms so they say basically the reason that the snooze button, it's not good, it's not bad, but the reason it's not good or bad is because at the end of the day, we are still waking up with an alarm. Mm-hmm. Whether you wake up with that first alarm or you hit snooze and you kind of eventually get up and out of bed, we are all still sleep deprived is what specialists say because at the end of the day, you should just be naturally waking up. An alarm- no shock, Sherlock. <laughs> but an alarm is waking you up, so you're jolted out of your sleep. You are sleep deprived. It doesn't matter if you hit snooze because you're not going back to sleep when you hit snooze. No. You're just kind of lazily in a haze yeah. <laughs> sitting mm. there. So they say it's not that bad for you. And I want to talk to these experts. Can we get these experts on our show? I don't know who they are. (laughs) Move mornings with Stuntman Stu, Angie, and Janelle on Move 100. What's trending? If you were a watcher of the show, friends, you know that over the years, Matthew Perry's appearance changed and fluctuated quite a bit from season to season. And he's getting into that a little bit more in this new memoir he's just written. It comes out in November. It's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. So he reveals that he actually suffered a burst colon from his long-term opioid addiction. And he was hospitalized for five months in a coma for two weeks. And his family was told that he had a 2% chance of survival. Holy crap. Two. He said he was on uh, a machine that was doing all the breathing for uh, his lungs uh, and keeping his heart going. And he said nobody survives that. In fact, four other people on the floor in the same machine died and he somehow survived it. Unbelievable. So he said uh, it wasn't just uh, uh, like a pill addiction. It was uh, alcohol as well that he abused. And sometimes at the same time, sometimes fluctuated between the two. But at the height of it all... Uh, while he was filming Friends, he was taking 55 Vicodin a day. Oh, how was he able to survive? What? I don't know how he was able to even do Function. the scripts or the lines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he dropped to 128 pounds, which some people will remember. He got really, really thin for a while. But he said at one point he was on a colostomy bag 
and he didn't have any function of his bowels. And he said, so now in my sober life, when I think like, oh, do I want any pills today? He's like, no. Do I want a colostomy bag the rest of my life? No. No. And he's like, that's what keeps me on the straight and narrow. But he says that he went to rehab 15 times over those years. And, uh, you know, he's just hoping that maybe somehow his story and like the harsh reality of it all helps someone who's struggling with some kind of addiction now stay sober. But, um, yeah, he said he's had 14 surgeries on his stomach from all of the problems with. He's lucky he's alive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he recognizes that. So the book comes out November 1st. It's going to be a good read, an eye opening one at that. Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And that's what's trending. I got the feels. And it feels good. It's a feel-good moment to kick off your workday. Angie's All the Feels on Move 100. Well, Lil Griffin here in Ottawa has spent the first four years of his life fighting cancer. He was born three months premature, began his fight against cancer when he was just 16 months old. And he's five now, and needless to say, this has been a tough battle for his whole family. But they are fighters, and they continue that battle. They also have an incredible community of neighbors, friends, family all around them who have formed Griff's Gang, supporting this family every step of the way. So Griffin happens to love Halloween. He is obsessed with all things spooky, loves the decorations, can spend hours running through the Spirit Halloween store in all his glory. And he really wanted to be a penguin this year. But sadly, something that is all too familiar for this little guy, he's going to be spending his Halloween in the hospital. His family will be at Sick Kids in Toronto for his stem cell transplant. This is big. This is big. So his community in Westboro found out that this little Halloween lover would be spending his Halloween in Toronto in the hospital getting his transplant. So they organized a walking costume parade through the streets of Westboro. Everybody came in costume, just the cutest photos and videos that were sent to me. Uh, Griffin got to dress up in that little penguin costume. He's running with his friends, as he should be doing all the time. Just adorable. But even in the midst of being all consumed by the tests, the procedures, the hospital visits, his mom, Tammy, wasn't able to sit back when she learned that only 4% of all money raised for cancer research goes to childhood cancers. Wow. Yeah. So Tammy got to work and started Little Press Co. And so she designed stylish t-shirts, sweaters, little toques, mugs, and she donates money from every sale to Chio to help families in the Ottawa region affect by childhood cancer. So even in the midst of all this, she's like got this business going on the side. She has put the business on hiatus just for a little bit while obviously there in Toronto and then helping Griffin heal from his transplant. But the website, should you want to support it in the near future when they get back up and running, littlepressco.ca. And they have really cute stuff and Again, all of that money going back to help families. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of oncology moms here. Dawn, who let me know about this story, uh, happens to be Ollie's mom. We know about Ollie's battle uh, very publicly here in Ottawa as well. So it's just nice to see that this community of moms who are going through the biggest nightmares of their life are supporting each other mm-hmm. in such a way, too. So thank you, Dawn, for letting us know about this family. And we're wishing nothing but the best for Griffin and his family as they go through this very big thing in Toronto. Yeah. We're all with you, kiddo. Absolutely. And that's all the feels on Move 100.